0: Yo, the liftoff, 10 the 10, 9, uh, 8, 7 6, Six five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff, the final liftoff of Atlantis on the shoulders of the space shuttle.
1: Roger. Hi, I'm Carl, and you're very welcome along to Into Space, here on TRTE Radio. On today's show, we'll be learning about space exploration and probably the single most important piece of equipment used by scientists and astronomers to further our knowledge of our solar system and beyond. Our closest neighbour, the Moon. We'll be finding out all there is to know about why sometimes you see it, and sometimes you don't. Plus, who here wants to be an astronaut? Well, we have all the info on the most famous mission ever into space. But first, there are a few things that are really important to know when we're talking about space, and terms that you're going to hear a lot on this show. So it's time now for the Into Space Guide to Space. Okay, so let's begin with planet Earth. This is of course where we live. If we were to zoom way out and take a look at our planet from really, really far away, we'd see that we're actually amongst a sort of community of other planets, all of which are circling around a great big burning ball of fire in the sky, which is of course the sun. This is called the solar system. In the solar system, Earth is one of eight planets. Starting from the closest to the sun and working our way back, they are Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune. That's a lot of planets to try to remember, let alone what order they go in. So to help us, there's this really easy trick you can use. Just say the following sentence. My very educated mother just served us nachos. My very educated mother just served us nachos. So that's my for Mercury, very for Venus, educated for Earth, mother for Mars, just for Jupiter, served for Saturn, us for Uranus, and nachos for Neptune. My very educated mother just served us nachos, a really easy way to remember what planets are in our solar system and what order they go in. Okay, so as I said, all these planets circle around the sun in what's called an orbit. Depending on how far each planet is from the sun, an orbit can take different amounts of time. On Earth, one circle or one orbit of the Sun takes 365 days, or one year. This is where we get our year from. So that's the solar system. So if we were to zoom out again and take a look at our solar system from far away, we would see that it's part of loads of other solar systems. In fact, millions and millions of them. All of these solar systems are made up of big burning balls of fire, just like our sun, and these sometimes have planets orbiting around them. All of these solar systems make up what's called a galaxy. And just when you thought space wasn't big enough, if you were to zoom out even further again we would see that this galaxy that we are part of is just one of millions and billions of other galaxies, all of which have millions and millions of solar systems with each solar system home to even more suns and planets. So basically, what I'm trying to say is that space is huge, probably way bigger than anyone first thought. Okay, so speaking about stars, for millions of years, people have looked high into the sky at night and thought to themselves, hmm, I wonder what those bright sparkly things are up there people made loads of different guesses. Like at one time, they used to believe that the Earth was at the centre of this big glass ball and that the stars in the skies were simply holes in that ball, letting light through from the heavens above. It wasn't until telescopes were invented that we could be absolutely sure of what they were. The first ever telescope was invented way back in 1609 by an Italian astronomer named Galileo. The images it produced weren't very clear, But it was enough for him to be able to see that all those sparkly things in the sky were a lot more than just holes in a glass ball. Since then, humans have raced to build bigger and better telescopes to see further and further into space. One of the best examples of these is the Hubble Telescope. This ginormous piece of equipment is the size of a bus and allows scientists to see things 10 to 15 billion light years away. Oh, actually, this is a perfect time for me to tell you one of the most important things there is to know about space. And that is the light year. Okay, so we've all heard the word light year before.
0: To infinity and beyond!
1: But a light year is a whole lot more than just a space ranger in Toy Story. It's actually the unit scientists use to measure distances in space. And there's a very good reason why they don't just use the same units that we use here on Earth. Like kilometres and miles. Space is so big that it would take just way too long to write out all the numbers. So instead, they measure distance in how fast light can travel in one year. That is 58 trillion 656 billion 960 million miles. Just to give you an idea of how far that is written out as a number, it is. 0. So to write out the amount of miles that the Hubble telescope can see you would have to add another ten zeros to the end of that number. Okay, so just as an experiment, let's try writing that down. Grab a pen and a piece of paper. Okay, you ready? So written down, that number is... 5865696000000000000000000! Oh man, that's a lot of numbers! So now you can see why scientists measure distance in light years, because instead of writing out so many numbers, we can just say that something is 10 or 15 billion light years away. Okay, but I'm getting distracted. Back to the Hubble telescope. The fact that it can see so far has helped with some incredible discoveries about space and has transformed the way we think about the universe. It's so cool. But what is the Hubble telescope actually looking for? Well, to begin with, it's actually based in space. It floats or orbits around planet Earth where it can get a perfect view into space. Where there is less stuff like clouds, pollution, and other things like the Earth's atmosphere blocking its view. From here, it peers out looking at faraway stars that scientists don't know about, and other galaxies beyond our own, as well as taking amazing pictures of planets inside our own solar system and helping us see whether they might be able to support life like our own. If you'd like to see some of the incredible images captured by the Hubble Telescope, and to see some of the planets and galaxies it has photographed billions of light years away, you can visit www.hubblesite.org. That's H U B B L E S I T E.org. You can learn loads more about one of the most important tools ever to be used by astronomers. There's even instructions on how to build your own mini version of the Hubble Telescope. Okay, so that's all in our space exploration section for today, but next week we'll be taking a look at one of the most exciting parts of space exploration, the rocket.
0: minutes 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, all three engines up and burning, 2, 1, 0 and lift off, the final liftoff of Atlantis, shoulders of the space shuttle.
1: radio Okay, so we've just learned about how we can see billions of light years into space using a telescope. But there's one thing in the sky that we don't need a telescope to get a clear view of, because it's just so close. And that is, of course, the moon. People all over the world love to look at the moon at night. Sometimes it's so bright we can even see it during the day. It's our closest neighbour in space, and can light up the night sky so much sometimes, that the night doesn't seem so dark anymore. But what about this shining rock in the sky? Why is it there, and what does it actually do? Well, to begin with, the moon is a lot more important than just a rock in the sky. It came to exist millions of years ago in a fiery collision between planet Earth and a rock the size of Mars, something that scientists call the Big Whack. When it was first formed, it was very close to Earth and it would have looked much bigger in the sky compared to how it looks today. It was so close to Earth, in fact, that it would have looked way, way bigger than the sun in the sky. Ever since then, the moon has moved slowly away from us. Nowadays it's about 384,000 kilometres from us. Sounds like a lot of numbers to me, but how far is that actually? Okay, so let's take an airplane in the sky, something we see every day. Well, every day that there's no clouds anyway. On average, an airplane in the sky is traveling at about 800 kilometers per hour. That's pretty fast. So to get from Dublin to New York, for example, a distance of just over 5,000 kilometers, it takes about six hours. Well, if we were to point a plane at the moon, it would take 480 hours or about 20 days. Hmm, wonder where we could get a fuel tank big enough to fly a plane for 20 whole days. I'm getting distracted again. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, how important the moon is. Well, the answer is pretty important. Without it, life on Earth would be totally different to how we know it, and might not even exist at all. The most obvious influence the moon has on Earth has something to do with the sea. With everything in space that's really big, like the moon or the Earth, there comes something called gravity. The bigger the object, the more gravity it has. Gravity is basically a pulling force given out by something. So on Earth, it is gravity that stops us all from floating away. And it's the reason why if you were to take a pen or a ball right now and drop it, it hits the ground almost straight away. The gravity of the Earth is pulling it back towards it. So the moon has its own gravity too which pulls on the oceans around the world from time to time, in and out. This is one of the reasons why tides go in and out. It's the gravity of the moon, thousands and thousands of miles away, pulling at the sea and causing it to move in and out. This is really important to life on Earth because it helped with the development of life on the planet way before humans ever existed. So without the Moon there, it's quite possible that none of us would be here right now. I don't know about you, but the more I hear about the Moon, the more I'm liking it. One of the other main reasons the Moon is important to life on Earth is that it helps keep the Earth stable from wobbling around in space. If this were to happen even a little bit, the weather on Earth could change very dramatically and we could be left with freezing cold weather that we might not be able to survive or we could be left with fiery hot weather that would burn us and shrivel us all up. Okay, so I've made my point. The moon is pretty important to us all. It's because of this that scientists have always been so fascinated by it. They wanted to see just what life would be like on the moon and how planet Earth would look from its surface. And in 1969, for the first time, the whole world found out.
0: 9, ignition sequence starts. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Lift off We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Lift off on Apollo 11.
1: We get a roll, Tower clear. The first ever rocket to bring people to the moon was a mission called Apollo 11. On board were three astronauts called Michael Collins, Buzz Aldrin, and Neil Armstrong. On July the 16th, 1969, the Apollo 11 launched from the Kennedy Space Center in the USA. Four days later, Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong landed on the moon in what was called the Lunar Module also known as the Eagle.
0: Christian, uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Roger, Twink. Tranquility, we copy you on the ground. You got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot.
1: When the crew landed safely on the moon, Neil Armstrong was the first to step outside and onto its surface. What he said just as he stepped out onto it are now some of the most famous words of all time. That's
0: one small step for man, one giant leap for
1: mankind. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. What Armstrong meant was that by him taking one small step from the lunar module onto the moon, it was a huge leap forward for everyone in mankind. The fact that we could now make it to the moon just showed how far technology had advanced. Now, when I say step out onto the moon, it wasn't quite as easy as that. Even though the moon is relatively close to Earth, it's so different from what we know here. To begin with, on the moon, there's no air. It's totally silent and still. Because there's no air, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin both had to wear great big spacesuits that were totally closed off from the outside atmosphere. These spacesuits fed them with oxygen, regulated their body temperature, and kept their suits at a safe pressure, all essential to keep them alive whilst they were walking about on the moon. All this sounds very dangerous, but there was a pretty fun side to it as well. So remember when I was talking about gravity earlier on and how gravity depends on how big an object is? Well, because the moon is smaller than the Earth, this means that it had less gravity than the astronauts would have been used to. This meant that when they walked on the surface of the moon, they could bounce around really easily and jump much higher in the air than they would have been able to on Earth. Kind of like jumping around on a trampoline all day. I don't know what you're thinking, but I definitely would like to walk on the moon. After a couple of hours, it was time for the two astronauts to pack up and start making their way back to Earth. Before they did, they collected some rocks, performed some experiments, and planted an American flag on the surface. The really cool thing about the moon is that because there is no atmosphere, no wind, no rain, nothing like that, the footprints left by Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin as they bounced around on the surface of the moon are the exact same today as they were almost 50 years ago. So, if you were to go up there right now, you would find them exactly as they were when they left.
0: Into Space
1: on TRTE Radio Another amazing thing about the moon is the fact that it looks completely different in the sky from one week to the next. This is because it goes through what scientists call moon phases. There are loads of different phases of the moon, and each phase represents how much of the moon we can actually see. The first phase is called a new moon. The interesting thing about a new moon, however, is that we can't actually even see the moon during this stage. This is down to a few things, but the main reason is that we depend on light from the sun bouncing off the moon and reflecting back to Earth in order to be able to see it at night. During the new moon phase, the side of the moon facing planet Earth has no light bouncing off it, and because of this, it's not visible in the sky. As we move on from a new moon and through the days, the sun begins to reflect more and more light off the moon and we begin to see more and more of it. When this happens, we say that the moon is waxing because each night a little bit more is visible compared to the night before that. This keeps happening until we reach a full moon. This is the complete opposite to a new moon and the side of the moon facing the earth is completely illuminated by the sun now. After this, the moon goes into its next phase, where more and more of it starts to disappear every night. When this is happening, it's called waning. So the moon keeps waning until finally it completely disappears again, and the entire cycle starts all over again. From start to finish, one cycle of the moon, from a new moon to a full moon and back again, takes 29 and a half days. So take a look into the sky tonight and have a look at the moon and see which stage it's actually at. Maybe you won't see it at all. Maybe it's the start of a new moon. Or maybe there's just lots of clouds. Well I'm afraid that's all we have time for today, but before we finish we just have time for 5 amazing facts about space that you can use, along with everything else we've learned today, to tell your friends, families and teachers all about just how amazing space is. Okay, so here we go. The sun is over 300,000 times larger than the earth. Yep, that's right. We would need to put 299,999 other Earths beside our planet just to be as big as the sun. 2. Venus is the hottest planet in our solar system. Temperatures there are about 462 degrees, all day and all night. Hmm, better remember to bring some sun protector. 3. A fact we heard about earlier, but it's so cool I'm going to mention it again footprints on the moon left behind by astronauts will stay there forever, as there is no wind to blow them away. Some of the fastest asteroids can travel through our solar system at a speed of 26 miles per second. Yep, one whole marathon in just one second. We'll be learning more incredible facts about asteroids later on in the series. When a moon circles a planet, it's called an orbit. In fact, anything that circles around a planet is said to be in orbit. So the moon, satellites, and even rockets in space are all in orbit around the planet Earth. Into space on TRTE Radio. Okay, so that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for joining me here on TRTE Radio on this adventure into space. Remember to tell all your friends and family about just how amazing space can be. And join me next week where we're going to learn even more incredible facts about planet Earth and even further into our solar system. I'll leave you with this brilliant song all about outer space. This is Shooting Star by L City.
0: Close your tired eyes Relax and then count from one to ten And open them All these heavy thoughts will try to weigh you down Not this time, way up in the air, you're finally free, and you can stay up there right next to me. All this gravity will try to pull you down, but not this time. When the sun goes down and the light. our hearts oh the pouring rain we'll try to put it out but not this time let your colors burn and brightly burst into a million sparks that all disperse and illuminate a world that'll try to bring you down
1: on TRTE Radio.